here it comes again, lunch. Will it be the same old, same old? Or are you ready to take a vacation from the ordinary with the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub at Firehouse Subs? Freshly sliced smoked turkey breast, craveably sweet mustard sauce, and a hint of Caribbean seasoning. Just $5.55 for a medium. Save time. Order the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub on the Firehouse Subs app. Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs. Save more lives. Participating locations, limited time only, plus tax. Prices may vary for delivery. Robin McCarron. You know, we, uh... We had some feedback from our last show. Okay. Episode 94. More than one person told me or spoke to others and said that I was a little rude to you. Cutting you off, not letting you get picks in, forgetting your your existence, really. Jeff Hawkins. I'm being trolled. Hold right on, Jeff, Jeff, wait. <laughs> wait, I have breaking news coming into the news desk here. You're listening to Shake Them Ropes with Rob McCarron and Jeff Hawkins. Daniel, have you ever seen a ghost? Uh... Hello, everybody, and welcome to Shake Them Ropes, episode. What in the hell is this? It's a song. <laughs> okay. Say it's, it's a musical number from a band. Well, why are you so caught up in the opening music now? I don't know. It's you know, usually you know, you get just a little musical bed and we get going. But now I'm listening to was it? Is this more Weezer? It is not Weezer. No. Uh. I thought, I thought about doing every show Weezer, but yeah, I know. decided against it. Um, that was the Decemberists. Uh, yeah, okay. Just a song. I should have played that, honestly, the week after Seth Rollins got hurt. Sure. Either too mellow or too much of a bummer. <laughs> it gets my energy down. <laughs> no, I'm sorry. I'm That's sorry. A- not, a, not a bummer. No, I, I don't know. I was experimenting with different things. I don't know. Mm. Um, uh, speaking of experimenting with something, uh, they did that last night at the end of raw and we'll talk about that. Yes. Um, we have whatever the highlights of raw were, we're going to discuss them (laughs) news about a show we're doing on Thursday. Ah, yeah. We're doing a live show on Sunday. We're live at YouTube again, our third straight pay-per-view where we're going to do a live post show. And you can find that at voices of wrestling.com slash YouTube. Go subscribe. Like the, uh, the link is already up. I've tweeted it out. Um, what I'll do is I'll put it in the show notes too, so that if you have missed it or finding out for the first time that we're doing a show after survivor series, you will know exactly where to go at 11 PM Eastern on Sunday, where we will be discussing survivor series along with you because there is a uh, chat room in there. So you can comment and uh, get all your opinions in on the show that we've just seen come Sunday night. Jeff, how are you? Rob, my Bengals lost. Yeah, they did. My Cavaliers lost to yesterday. The Texans. The Virginia Cavaliers lost in men's basketball yesterday. Uh-huh. And my co-host is not a sarcastic Asian woman who likes wrestling. But, you know, like my grandpappy said, when life gives you booty, make booty aid. Make booty aid. <laughs> um, I missed the thing about being a sarcastic Asian woman. Uh, Yeah. Well, you know, we all have dreams. Okay. Um, <laughs> no, uh, quick note here for those of you who aren't history buffs and did watch last night's Raw, um, go seek out Nick Bockwinkle promos because he was great. Um, a modern day WWE corollary, if you remember Chris Jericho when he was doing the uh, suit and tie gimmick and kind of uh, talking with big words, he was basically aping Nick Bockwinkle. But go watch some promos with him and Heenan. They were great. And he was, uh, yeah, he was a, 
not a huge part of my childhood, but at least part of it. And I, you know, he was just awesome in what he did. Yeah, that's right. It's been a, uh, it's been a newsworthy time for WWE, not necessarily the best news. I mean, we had the Seth Rollins injury last week. Mm-hmm. Nick Bockwinkle passed away over the weekend and Billy Gunn was fired at the end of last week from his job as a agent for NXT and trainer at the performance center. You have any thoughts on that? Yeah. Well, I mean, it's interesting because obviously, you know, he failed reportedly for being suspended by whatever bodybuilding or powerlifting program he was doing. So he, he failed a powerlifting uh, steroid test. To In elevate, July. Elevated testosterone. Yeah. Uh, you know, obviously WWE didn't fire him for that because Florida is an at-will state. They can fire him for any reason. It's not like they fired him for a failed test because they didn't administer the test. But that was the grounds basically for what led them to uh Okay, to fire so him. so do you think they fired him for a reason other than that or do you think they fired him because they found out about the failed test? I I think essentially they fired him for being, you know, he's a trainer position. He's supposed to be an influence to those who are coming into the performance center. And Uh, WWE is trying to recruit a lot of athletes. So they don't want, you know, this isn't for the indie wrestlers that are coming in. This is for the athletes who probably had something in in their background at one point or, uh, you know, may have been involved at some point with, you know, steroids or whatever the case may be. They didn't want their trainer to be a bad influence on these people saying, oh, you know, I came from the football world. I can, you know, do steroids here, too, to make myself look better. (laughs) You know. Oh, you mean you mean they're never going to meet the owner or COO? I'm just saying, okay, <laughs> that Billy Gunn can't know, be there every it, day. I think it's a good point. I think it's a. I think your point is a but, is a pressure. But one. it's not like it's not like the steroid test came in because there was no steroid test given by WWE. It's not. No. It's not as if a steroid test came in and said, "Oh, Billy, you failed this. We have to fire you." It's no. If this no. was William Regal, I don't know if they fire him. I think they maybe move him. If it was someone else who has a little bit more standing in the company, I don't know necessarily if they release him because they didn't have to release him because of this. They chose to. Yeah, I just I just think it was well, you're doing something outside of this and you got caught doing something wrong about it. We got to let you go because it just looks bad on us. Yeah. 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 Uh, very well could be. Uh, I mean, it's just a number of different things. But, you know, the, the reports going out there that it was because of this, but it's not like it was mandatory. They didn't have to fire him. They no. just chose to. No. Yeah. They just chose to. So we'll uh, but news about. Uh, so on Thursday, mm-hmm. we're doing this show here. We're going to talk about all the the big things going into WWE. At one point, I didn't know if the whole tournament, this WWE Championship tournament, would be completely done on Raw. I thought they might have hold, uh, held out some of the semifinal matches for SmackDown, <laughs> but they didn't. Really? I, th- okay. I thought maybe they would have. Maybe one. <laughs> maybe not all of them. Maybe one. The one that maybe made the least amount of uh, mattering. Maybe the Dean Ambrose match. Maybe maybe the Alberto Del Rio match. Mm. You know, I don't know. Um, but we did get the entire semifinals uh, basically confirmed overall last night so we're going to talk about the highlights from raw get into vader and sting from starcade 1992 uh, later on in the show today as part of our top 100 match countdown so we're we have this show this week and on thursday jeff and i are going to be joined by a special guest to preview wwe survivor series in full and jeff you and i are going to do something fun after we preview this coming survivor series we are going to watch a classic Survivor Series that mm-hmm. kind of plays into what's going on now. Uh, but we are going to be joined to preview Survivor Series on Thursday by Dave Meltzer of the Wrestling Observer Newsletter. 
So he will give, uh, like you, some historical perspective into Survivor Series. We'll get his picks. We'll get our picks on what's going to happen. And we'll see at the end of the day who might be right. Cool. Deadly game. Deadly game. We are going to talk 1998 Deadly Game Survivor Series title game. tournament. The first, <laughs> the first Survivor Series at the time not to feature a Survivor elimination match. Correct. One of only two in history not to feature one. We are going to talk about that show from top to bottom as part of Thursday's show. So we'll have Dave Meltzer on to discuss the upcoming Survivor Series and review the 1998 Deadly Game Survivor Series, the WWE title tournament. And then on Sunday, we are live on YouTube with our full podcast right after Survivor Series ends. So we'll be live at VoicesOfWrestling.com slash YouTube at 11 p.m. Eastern that you can watch and listen to on your phone, Apple TV, Roku, online, your computer, whatever the case may be. You can watch and listen and interact. All the details at Shake Them Ropes. Uh, so a busy week here. A busy week. We're going to be so tired of each other by the time next Tuesday comes around. Well, what's going to happen is we're not going to do a show next Tuesday. Oh, okay. <laughs> so next week is Thanksgiving. It is also my birthday is on Tuesday. Ah, I will hmm. I will be the ripe old age of 30. Oh, you're such a baby. Come here, let me pinch those cheeks. Come here. Let me pinch them. I, I will be 30 on Tuesday. So what's going to happen is Sunday's post show for Survivor Series with the holiday coming will be our show for that week. Oh, okay. So uh, we will are get we a being, little break from each other. Are we being joined on the post show? Um, There was a scheduled guest originally that we announced, and I don't know. If no, not, not, not on Survivor Series. Dylan oh. Hales will be on our TLC post show. Oh, TLC. Okay, never mind. Yes, remember he wanted to make sure he got on all, all his hot takes on ladders. Oh, okay. <laughs> yes. Yes, we're going we're gonna to have uh, Dylan Hales. As far as I know, I should probably confirm with him at some point again. Because uh, it was like three months ago. But yeah, he should be joining us for the December pay-per-view, which is not all that long far away, man. I mean, it's like two weeks after Survivor Series is going to be TLC. It's really quick. Maybe three and, weeks. Maybe three and, weeks. And that week, we're going to have a three-show week possibly, too, because this isn't the NXT show. The NXT show is going to be on Wednesday afternoon. So <laughs> that might be a week, too, where Wednesday afternoon's you know show will be our show for that week. Okay. Because, you know, Tuesday night, and then five hours later, almost a new show happens. I don't all right, know we've done work. all our calendar setting, and we've gone ten minutes doing it. Let's get to the show. We can set the calendar. <laughs> we, uh, Jeff, we can do whatever we want on this show. Oh. You know, sometimes, oh. sometimes I bet the people out there we talk too much wrestling. Maybe I'm tired of hearing about Paige. I'm tired of hearing about Dolph Ziggler's road to success. Let's hear about your Tinder life. I don't have a Tinder life. <laughs> I have a I have a girlfriend. Uh, that I am happy with that I met on <laughs> Tinder. I love the that I am happy with. I am happy. Good. Yeah. But we did meet on Tinder. I've never been happy in my life though. <laughs> what what would cause Jeff Hawkins to be happy? What what do you need in your life to be happy finally? Money enough to crush my enemies. Money. <laughs> maybe maybe that's your problem right there, Jeff. Is that your number one thing to be happy is money? I don't know. Money money doesn't buy happiness. I've heard that. It puts a down payment on it. Puts a down payment on the potential happiness? That's a Bobby Heenan line. I can't take credit for that. Or no, that's $20 and watch me smile. That's the Bobby Heenan line. <laughs> Look, you can get everything else you want with money. You can get women or jobs or power or whatever with money. You can get them, but can you necessarily keep them? Oh, there's always others. Oh, God. 
It's like cars. You can upgrade to a new model. Yeah, I, I don't know if I would put <laughs> women in the category of being like cars. Oh, great. Here, here comes the tweets. Jeff's a misogynist. All right. Well, we already knew that. I mean, yeah. there is no breaking news on that front. <laughs> what? There is no breaking news on that front. The, the, between the two of us and NXT women, who's been the bigger supporter? This guy. Thank you. Yeah, Rob McCarron. No. This guy. <laughs> Whatever. I'm a, big support. I'm a big supporter of the current scene, if only for the fact that I don't have any clue where it's going. You know, NXT is taping TV this week. Yeah. And we have Alexa Bliss going for the championship against Bailey. We have Eva Marie in the picture. Nia Jax is somewhere lurking in the background. You have, you know, uh Asuka who's killing everybody. There's a lot of a lot of interesting ways that division can go. The NXT women's division. Because there's so many I mean, even when you had Becky, Bailey, Sasha, and Charlotte going at it, it was still contained to those four. Mm-hmm. Now we have even more people in the front counting sure. Alexa bliss who may not be there for long, but still you have a lot of people going on. Dana Brooke, Emma, there's a lot of different ways that division can go. I'm excited for it. Um, the big news coming out of raw last night though, Jeff. Yes. And we got to get your opinion. Cause I mean, everyone seems to be talking about this got, right now. We don't have to get my opinion, but it'd be nice because it's part of the show, but yes, I, I you know, I, I want to <laughs> get where you're, you're in on this because, okay. You know, it's pro wrestling. Yes. It's pro wrestling, right? Um, shouldn't be that necessarily surprising, but last night's show, the go-home for Survivor Series, mm -hmm. ended with a contract signing for the Divas Championship between Paige and Charlotte. First thing, you knew it was going to be a memorable one when they both came out in street clothes. Something WWE never does anymore. Right. You do a contract signing with Randy Orton, dude's coming out in the Speedo. <laughs> do a contract signing with anybody. They're coming out not dressed to go to a rock show. They're coming out dressed to wrestle. But the women get the different treatment here. Come out in their street clothes, and then you have the line that ends it. Paige trying to get under the skin of Charlotte by attacking the memory of her dead little brother, Reed. Mm-hmm. Where'd you stand on the whole thing afterwards while you were watching it after the fact one day later? Um, I mean, is it, is it that big of a deal? It's a talking point going all over the place, right? It's definitely a talking point. Um, and I've listened to a couple different opinions on this and I kind of have a different slant on the whole thing. Uh, number one, I think, you know, of course they were trying to take somewhat advantage of the whole Rousey hubbub going on and putting it in the main event slot, but also it was in Greenville, South Carolina, which is historically flair territory. So they thought it might be good for Charlotte. I think that was part of the strategy as well that I haven't heard a lot of people pick up on that part of it. Um, as far as the promo and using Reed flair, I know a lot of people are saying that there's no place for this in professional wrestling, et cetera, et cetera. There is a place for it. It's just not the WWE. Um, if, if it were a pro wrestling territory type thing where this contract signing was the culmination of a blood feud, where you thought that these two people literally did not like each other and hated each other. And that was used as a tipping point for a fight. This would have had a totally completely different opinion from most people, I think, but this is sports entertainment where in the beginning we had 
Lightning and the Wyatts and the Brothers of Destruction, where we have two characters who don't talk like they are real people. They talk like they are television characters who are feuding with one another. They are Charlotte and Paige. They are not Ashley Flair and whatever Paige's real name is, because I can't remember it offhand. They're not seen as real people. They're seen as television characters in a world where the WWE treats it as a television show. Just like Stephanie McMahon's Twitter, I play a bad guy on television. There's not that there's not that essence of reality in there that would make that line permeate as much as it would in a kind of a blood feud that you had been building for weeks and weeks. I don't believe Paige really hates Charlotte. Even on television, it doesn't come across that way. It comes across as a as a melodrama on ABC Family more than it does two people who actually want to rip each other's throats out. That's why it didn't work for me. I don't have a problem with cheap heat necessarily. And it was cheap, and I'm sure they got at least Rick's approval. I know they didn't get Mom's approval. But, you know, and that kind of emotion can work. I don't know if it can work in from an 18,000-person stadium in terms of crying and whatnot, but these things can work. They just don't work in the WWE in its current incarnation. It's just, it, it's weird. You know, I, the show goes off that way, and obviously they got, you know, what they wanted. I don't yeah. know if they necessarily put heat on this program or heat on themselves, but they got people talking about Paige and Charlotte. So if that is the goal, in that way it succeeded. I mean, they got yeah. people talking at least about that. So you're, you're going in, but it, it was weird to me because you have the opening of the show with Undertaker and Bray Wyatt and the Druids and Kane and all this, you know, business. And during football season, it certainly seems like WWE books the opening segment as the main event of the show, right? Because that's when most likely most people will be watching. Yes. And the ratings have kind of pointed that out a little bit lately is more people are going to be watching that segment before football starts. So let's get our main program done early. So the main event slot isn't necessarily the main event slot. It's just what comes on last. And this way, they put uh, put Paige and Charlotte on last. And for those who watch every week, yeah, it might be that it seems important because it's on last, and that's what we're used to. We're used to the important thing going on last, so good for them. But you had The Undertaker and Kane segment early on. Then you had Roman Reigns and his championship match in the middle of the show. Yes. All the tournament matches done relatively early in a broadcast when you had, you know, all these matches taking place, all four of them. So, yeah. Charlotte the and yeah, laughed. No, the placement was definitely weird, pla especially when your build is to the biggest title in your company. Yeah. So to put the importance on, and, you know, we've been waiting for this Divas revolution to put importance on the Divas in a correct way. And... It seems like they tried, but I think if you have a line like that that takes focus away from the actual program or from, you know, Charlotte, it doesn't really do its job. Whether you like it or don't, I don't know if it's effective. And it that would earned. be my biggest issue with it is that I don't think it was effective doing what they did. Okay. Now, now, but there has to be a reason why you didn't think it was effective. Do you think it was effective because it wasn't earned or just because it was out of place within the context of the show? I think it was out of place in context for the show. I think it okay. was out of place in... Um, I mean, as far as the Divas Revolution goes, as far as, you know, wanting to put importance on the show, when you're coming out, you know, with some of the audience hating more on the company for including that line, or with the focus being on that one line instead of, oh, I want to see Charlotte get a revenge, 
I just don't know if you're selling pay-per-views based on the match. I don't know if you're selling pay-per-views in general. Well, even in context of the lines, it didn't make too much sense just dropping it in there real quick. I mean, it, yeah, it, it just, it, there are ways to do it well, even though it might be in bad taste. But this was just, this seemed like putting it in for its own sake. So now uh, some of the controversy, of course, is how would WWE write that? Why are they including Reed, who, you know, aside from being in the audience a couple of times, was never a character on WWE TV. Like this is a little bit different than when they would do things like this with Eddie Guerrero and Paul Bearer because they were characters on WWE TV. Mm -hmm. This is Reed Flair, who has never been an actual character on TV for WWE. I... Um, I mean, is that difference uh, make this any more controversial than the other times they've used former wrestlers' deaths as part of an angle? No, because it, it it's all the same intent. It's to give sympathy to the face and then make the heel seem even more diabolical that they'd stoop to this level to try and get inside the person's head. Yeah, I'm a little curious, too, because this is a pretty inside line right here. Like the casual fans, I don't even know if they know that one Charlotte has a brother and that, you know, the circumstances about his death. So in a way, it seemed to me that they were writing this line for those who actually know the story, know that Charlotte had this brother, Reed Flair, that Reed Flair was trying to become a pro wrestler. And that part of the audience is the same part of the audience that would get upset at a line like this. Well, so that's what well, they were writing it for the live crowd. And you know what I, they may have been going for? They may have been going for that same reaction that Sasha got when she took Izzy's headband from a live crowd in Greenville. Well, if that's what they were going for, they didn't get it, right? I know they didn't. No, no, they didn't. Because I think they've they've outlasted the time when Flair matters in the Carolinas to the point where he's going to get that kind of Nitro 96 pop that, that they're going to get. Those fans are older and they've moved on and, and now they're, you know, now it's been a completely WWE centric universe for 15 years. I think, I think it's, I think they overestimated the effect and I'm, I'm getting the feeling it was some of the older members of, of the creative team that were, that were pushing for this stuff. And then the other, uh, you know, thing I was thinking after this is because the whole segment, it started out like, you know, there were, there was a tweet from major league wrestling uh, you know, that they were tipped off that something controversial might be said in the page Charlotte angle. So I, I saw that tweet and I was kind of, ex I was waiting, I was expecting something to be said, but whether you were expecting that or not, and I would have to imagine that most people weren't the whole segment from start to finish came off so weird also because Charlotte looked like she was about to cry from the moment she stepped in the ring mm -hmm. and she had not tears flowing, but it was one of those where it was, it was a struggle to get out words. And if you're back there and Charlotte knows what's going to happen a little bit later and she's thinking about her brother this entire time and you always see the flares break up when they talk about Reed for the last year. Anytime Charlotte thinks about Reed or talks about Reed, she's crying even on screen. Ric Flair the same way. It, after the line was said, I was just thinking, OK, well, this explains, you know, how kind of poor she was in the whole segment leading up to it, because she probably knew this line was coming. She was probably her mind was elsewhere. Her mind wasn't really 100 percent on what was going on in that ring, she was thinking about what's going to happen with, you know, Paige saying Reed Flair and never actually using the name. She just mentioned little brother. And I forgave her for anything that might've been construed as poor acting as, mm -hmm. as anything that was subpar for Charlotte, because this is someone, whether she okayed 
the line or not, whether she knew what was happening or not, whether she even actually pitched the idea or not. It was obvious that she was struggling to get through the entire segment, you know, stopping at points to try and compose herself. It was just sad to watch. Well, the lines were just dumb up until that. And and uh, and to mix that in with having this on her mind, you, you call an audible here. You have her seethe until the point where Reed is brought up. And then you just have her, you know, go out with full emotion. You play it real here. You don't give her this heavily scripted exposition and stuff because her mind is going to be frazzled as is. As, you know what, as... I wouldn't say should be expected because some people handle grief different ways, but the flares have their way of handling grief. Right. And they've handled a lot of grief, especially it, this one being the big one. Yeah. A couple you got to call an audible. You got to call an audible here and tell her to speak from the heart and make it more real. You got to make, you got to make it more real. All of it, all of it from the get go. You got to make them seem like they hate each other. And then, and then have Paige bring up Reed to troll her. And then, or at least, you know, maybe maybe Charlotte's going on about why she got into this business to get this title because of Reed, you know, like she was, but not in the way they were doing it. And then, and then just have it all explode organically as opposed to this way. Cause this, it, it, it just, it, it was a noble attempt, but it failed on every level. Yeah. I mean, this, the segment after the fact, whether you think it was wrong or right, just didn't work. Right. And of course there's the group out there that thinks it was okay because, you know, Charlotte okayed it. And if the wrestler themselves, the one who is a member of the family or, you know, related to the person that's being discussed, as long as they say it's okay, then why do we care? Right. I don't, I don't mind it being used. I just think someone, there should have been a, uh, you know, script coordinator or someone standing in the back going, Hey guys, I don't think we've earned this just yet. Right. Let's not, let's hold off on it. And my question to them would be, do you think Charlotte actually okayed it or was just, afraid for her position or worried that it, you know, what would happen if she said no? Like, I, I don't necessarily know that just because the line was said that Charlotte necessarily okayed it. She just may have not, you know, been in a position where she thought she could say no or didn't come up with a different idea of what to do. I could see it both ways. I could see them thinking, you know what? We got to get as much real heat as his home Rousey deal did. What can we do from real life between these two? to make it seem that way and to get that kind of buzz going for us. Or I could see someone like Arn being in the meeting going, well, let me pitch it to her first and see if she's okay with it and pitch it to Flair and see if he's okay with it too. Act as the buffer and come back and say, yeah, they cleared this. We can go ahead with it. I could see it both ways. There is breaking news. Oh, is there? Breaking <laughs> news coming from... The Cubs fan, who is a noted online blogger of all things Lucha Libre. Yes. Triple A has a big show coming up in December. Okay. They have a big show coming up in December. In the advertising for the show is still Alberto Del Rio. Alberto Del Rio is not announced for any WWE house show that day. So there are rumors that Triple A might actually get one more night of Alberto Del Rio. And in promoting this big show coming up in the beginning of December, there are promoters going around saying that they might get John Cena too. Any <laughs> chance, Jeff, that John Cena shows up in AAA to say hi? 
Only if AAA has a very good lawsuit on their hands. Otherwise, no. Yeah. The card, uh, the AAA, it looks like for the Mega Heavyweight Championship, the vacant title, they're going to go with Rey Mysterio versus Johnny Mundo for that championship. So uh, it doesn't look like Alberto, if he actually does show up, is actually defending the championship and you know going to drop it. They've vacated the title. They have Rey Mysterio and Johnny Mundo going for the championship. But uh, yeah, promoters trying to get people in the seats by saying that you might get a John Cena appearance. I don't think it's uh, I don't think it's happening myself. But you never know. It's pro wrestling. You never know. What other what what were the big topics from Raw? Uh, because the Paige Charlotte thing definitely took over all conversation. Mm-hmm. Like up until that point, it was you know the great match between Cesaro and Roman Reigns. It was the weirdness of the Bray Wyatt angle with Undertaker and Kane. It was even the fact that Dolph Ziggler and Dean Ambrose put on a pretty good performance in their match. You know, the Neville Kevin Owens. This was one of those Raws where if you didn't have that one line at the end, even if the the contract signing goes as scheduled, takes place at the end of the show, but you don't have the Reed Flair line, this is a show that's remembered for the pretty good in-ring action, something that's been missing for a while. And, and and that's your go home. I think it, I think the people are on a much more positive vibe. I I know I would be on a much more positive vibe going into Survivor Series, a show I'm still excited for. Uh, that one line kind of changed the focus and narrative of this entire show, did it not? In a way, yeah. Um, I I thought the in ring matches were really good. I thought the the Neville Owens match reminds me of playing a video game against a child who just keeps on wanting to hit one big move, one big move, one big move, and then eventually you counter it and pin him. I thought that was pretty great. Um, the Cesaro Reigns match, um, I think they're setting a, a minor story up for the tournament on, on Sunday that I guess we'll get to on Thursday. <laughs> With the exception of Reigns not selling his arm, I think selling the right arm at certain times. But, um, you know, I think Cesaro did his job here. I, I just... It was weird watching the crowd during all these matches because I don't think they bought into the guy, other guy that wasn't the favorite winning any of those matches at all. Yeah, this, <laughs> it was a pretty predictable, and I guess that's okay that it, you know it's it okay. Took place it's on predictable Raw. as a TV product. There's yeah. nothing wrong with that, but the live crowd kind of brought down each of these matches a little bit because they weren't buying into it until you know they've been conditioned to the point where the setup move gets hit and then they get excited and start standing up and then, you know, false finishes and whatnot. But they weren't buying for a moment that Cesaro was going to beat Reigns and they weren't buying for a moment that, you know, Ziegler was going to beat Ambrose, I don't think. I think that that one moment, that one Maybe. moment where Cesaro was going for the neutralizer, they were like, oh shit, they blew everything up. Yeah, and that would have been interesting. I think that I think it's going to be interesting our talk on Thursday to see if all these things that we've watched are going to be straight ahead or if they're going to, you know, twist it a bit. Yeah. And it's one of those things where we kind of have to wait until Thursday to even get a card here. Cause right now the card for survivor series is Roman Reigns versus Alberto Del Rio in one of the semifinals in the WWE title tournament, mm-hmm. Kevin Owens versus Dean Ambrose in the other semifinal. And then of course the tournament final match. So that's three matches right there. Charlotte versus page for the divas championship. Kane and the undertaker versus two members of the Wyatt family who I hope are going to end up being Bray and Luke. And that's the best two person combination you can have. Uh, there will be a five on five survivor series elimination match. Apparently I must've missed this on raw. If it was announced, 
Uh, I can't remember if they gave an official lineup, but maybe they said there was one. Yeah, they must have. They must have said at some point. I, I watched the show all the way, but I uh, I don't remember them saying specifically. But I could very well see. You know, we've been talking for the last couple of weeks about what kind of Survivor Series elimination match can they do? Are they going to put people in the tag team division in the Survivor Series elimination? You know, what what kind of representation from the singles? But you could have five on five losers from the mm-hmm. WWE title tournament. Yeah. Five members of the losing side on one side, five losers on the other side. Uh, it matches up pretty well evenly uh, for face versus heel. Uh, so you could do something like that. Maybe Survi- maybe Cesaro is is on one of the sides in the Survivor Series match, and that's how he gets on the show. Um, so I could see something like that happening, but we will uh, preview the full show after SmackDown on our show on Thursday with Dave Meltzer just because we don't have an entire card yet. And I want to get his thoughts on, you know, what the ramifications of the title tournament could be based on any one of the four winning, you know, where they might head and uh, what they might do with Sheamus. Because if you had to pick right now, Jeff, do you think Sheamus is going to leave Survivor Series as the champion? If I had to pick? If you had to pick right now. uh, And then I'll give you two more days to change your mind. I'll see. uh, For Thursday, I was going to say, let's pick one that you think is going to happen and something out of left field. This would be my out of left field. I think Sheamus would leave with with the title. That I think I know what they're going to do. I, I'm not mm. sure about it, but I think I know what they're going to do. A tease. I, well, I could give it to you now what I think they're going to do. No. Or what the story is. No, okay. no. We'll, uh, we'll I think conventional. I think, let's put it this way. I think conventional wisdom is going to be the straight ahead. Roman Reigns gets the belt. Yeah, I would like them to uh, not really change the plan. Especially if Roman Reigns beating Seth Rollins at Survivor Series was the plan. I would like them to stick with it. Like, don't just go to chaos because you get one injury. Mm-hmm. I, if you if you were having Roman Reigns win the championship, then hopefully you had a plan for what they might do after he wins the championship. So go with it. Well, the ratings are up this week, so that may bode well. The ratings were up a little bit. It was a it was a poorer Monday Night Football game. Not a lot <laughs> of other you know competition, and yeah, it had an important feel to the show because where you might not have cared about the first round of the tournament, and it was a taped show. You might have cared about who goes into the pay-per-view in the tournament. Like the semifinals, a little bit bigger deal than the opening round where you know nothing is getting settled yet. At least tonight on Monday night felt like something was starting to get settled. And yeah. Then, and then, of course, you had Paige in the main event. So who's not going to stick around for that? <laughs> and the only other thing from Raw that I really had was just a general question to you. because <laughs> The New Day. They are awesome. I think we all know that. And they I think pretty much anybody who follows me on Twitter just knows how much I adore them. Are they doing a deconstruction of every single note ever given to a guy about being entertaining and being creative? Because this act just gets more and more absurd by the week. You know, you might be with, onto something with that. With, just with because... the dancing, with the trombone, with the yeah. unicorn, with the, yeah. oh, we have a new shirt, so now we have to incorporate something from the shirt into the act. And it's just like, it feels like every single, as I like to call them, studio notes, but every single note from creative to guys who can't get over. And, you know, yeah, Big E still doing the preacher voice that they were trying to get over for a while with him. And they... <laughs> They have Kof and they have them dancing. It's just, it seems like it's such a meta, meta type commentary on, on creative and nobody gets that necessarily. It's meta. 
not yeah. Nita. It's also niche, not niche, but that's a different, uh, different story. Did I, say, I didn't say niche. No, I'm not. I'm saying that in general. I don't okay. know why, but I am. Um, you might be onto something for the fact that, you know, Xavier Woods, part of his whole character here now, they all play to the crowd. And how long have we heard that that's the director from Vince McMahon not to play specifically to the crowd? You're, you know, you shouldn't be playing to the live audience because there's far more people watching on TV. You know, well, it's, it's weird because there's a genius thing about it where eventually after playing to the crowd for a while, they know how to turn the crowd back on them. Right. Yeah. As heels, which most cool heels don't know how to do because they're cool to the point where it's funny, but then they yeah. also go overboard to the point where at the same time, while it's funny at first, you're annoyed at the end of it. It's funny to them. Right. And that's how it should be. It shouldn't be they're trying to make us laugh. They should be making themselves laugh, and we just get annoyed with it after a while. But the and moment they're, they, they're doing it greatly. Oh yeah. Well, the moment they brought the unicorn stuff, I was like, "What the?" And I go, "This has to be a rib on creative that nobody's getting that Vince just doesn't get." <laughs> if life uh, gives you booty, <laughs> make booty aid is a line that was delivered on television. And if it wasn't for the Paige Charlotte segment, that would be the line we're all repeating today. <laughs> I'm thinking about, but no, it just disappeared in the ether. Ether, not ether. Not ether. Not it's ether. And it's cash, not cachet. It's true. Yes. Is this just going to become a grammar lesson? Because I don't know if I have the knowledge necessarily to teach a grammar lesson. I, I do. I'm that selective, you know, I, I can tell you this one, but if you keep quizzing me, I'll fail. And just give no. you that one. We'll, we'll, leave that, we'll leave that to CM Punk up until his UFC fight. God, which is never happening, by the way. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Also, I wanted to ask you this because over the weekend at Shake Them Ropes on Twitter. Eating uh, some hat? Well, no, I, I, you mentioned something about me eating. Now, a long Talk, time ago. She called you out and said you were going to have to eat a hat. Oh. And they were, they were they were opining on what kind of hat you'd have. Okay. You, I was wondering why on earth I was getting all the tweets all of a sudden because it's been a couple of months where I said if CM Punk ever fought in the UFC, I would eat my hat because I don't think it's going to happen. And that's not a shot at CM Punk. Like I said, I just don't think it's going to happen. Talking sheet brought it up. I see. Yeah. I've sold all my hats because I'm so confident I won't have to eat any of them because <laughs> he's not going to fight. Although I, I paused a little bit this weekend <laughs> hold, because, you hold know. On. Thought. Is there a big secondary market for used hats out there? Well, you got to blow my theory. I'm just, it's a little <laughs> anecdote. I'm just, you know, talking because I'm not having to eat a hat. So I, I'm going to sell all my hats. Let's break down if Rob can actually sell his hats. <laughs> Did I get the Jeff Hawkins voice? Let's, let's break down and see if Rob. I don't, wow. know, I don't know how to sound wow. like Jeff. Really? I, really? Was I close? No. I wasn't? No, you're a bit close. How do you know? Yeah. How do you know? I might have been close. Hey, let's see if Joey is still his hat. <laughs> wow. Wow. It's my, uh, it's my Jeff Hawkins. I thought it was pretty good. Wow. No? Yes? I'm I just I'm just shocked. Shocked at the... Oh, we're going to we're gonna have to have a production meeting after this. I try out. It'll be the first <laughs> one we'd ever have. <laughs> yeah. An actual meeting. Usually it's an email with one line, and then you say, okay, but let's also talk this. And I'm usually like, no. Yeah. Let's, I have my rundown. Let's get to it. This isn't this isn't the mothership <laughs> voices yeah. of wrestling podcast. What are you talking about? I, I have my I have my ideas. I don't want to go three hours, especially now on our so this podcast host we switched to, mm -hmm. we can't go any more than three hours. 
Now, the Voices of Wrestling podcast has fallen into this apparently lately because they had a podcast that went over three and they couldn't upload it and they were figuring out why. I'm like, oh, we can't do more than three hours. So luckily, Jeff, and I think we're both appreciative of this, we won't have to worry about that issue. No, because we ain't going three hours. Because after an hour and 15, we're just tired of talking to each other. Although we are going to go three hours this week total. Yes. So in a way, we just break it up more evenly. Yeah. And we give it to you, the audience, for your commute. Or that, that's the way I would do it. I hope, yeah, you to the audience. You commute to work. You're commuting to a wrestling show this weekend. You just want to listen to Survivor Series talk instead of listening to the pre-show on WWE Network. I don't know. You get us. WWE Network, if you were to sign up today, by the way, like today, because WWE Network gives you a full month trial, and it's, a, it's not a calendar month where if you sign up today, you get the rest of November for free, and that's it. Mm-hmm. You get the four weeks for free. So if you were to sign up today, you get Survivor Series for free. You get NXT TakeOver London for free. Mm -hmm. And you get WWE TLC for free. Mm -hmm. And then you can cancel your sub and sign up again at WrestleMania time if you want. And end up not actually paying for the network until all the way into the end of January. And getting all the pay-per-views for the rest of this year for free. They didn't space these out one bit. Nope. All of them for free. And you can sign up for free at voicesofwrestling.com slash WWE Network, by the way. So if you are not a subscriber, I don't know why you aren't. Go sign up for free because you're getting everything. You're literally <laughs> getting everything. You're getting The Undertaker Week, which upset me a little because I went to, uh, today earlier to go watch WWE Breaking Ground and there wasn't a new one. Nope. I guess I should have paid more attention. But there was no new breaking ground this week. So there have been three episodes so far. What do you think overall in the series? We talked about after the first one that we were, you know, I enjoyed it. But the last couple of episodes have kind of differed from what the pilot was in my mind. How so? Just I, They focused on so many characters in the first one. And now it looks like it was just them trying to focus on who we would be seeing throughout the process. Yeah. But we haven't seen really much more of Tino Sabatelli. We haven't seen much more of Jasmine. New. No. We focus more on one or two characters per show. We And then we haven't gotten so much the behind-the-scenes look as a almost like a fiction-like narrative of these characters in NXT and how they're traveling to Texas for house shows. It's sort of behind-the-scenes, but you're not really following the the ups and downs of the careers. You're just seeing the regular, everyday life of the careers now. Yeah, it, it's a little too... Not focused. It's more focused on the casual aspects of life rather than the actual. Yeah. And, and I don't think we noticed it with the first episode just because they were trying to fill in so much. Or was that the, it was at the, it was also contained at the performance center entirely. Right. So right. Right. You had that. Yeah. yeah I, I still enjoy, I've enjoyed the show and I'll keep watching the show, but it's not exactly what I thought after watching the first episode, what it would be. No. And, no. And I think, I think they're trying to, be a little too try hard with Corbin. That's my opinion. I know others differ. I know people love Corbin on think, this show. I think he's been the best part of the show. I, I think you're right in the fact that they are trying too hard to put over Baron Corbin a certain way, but yeah. I think the way they're putting him over actually helps. I think if they played all these Apollo Crews clips on, oh, yeah. on NXT, he'd be more over than Finn Balor. Oh, if they focused on Apollo Crews, Apollo Crews not only has the look He's a rock star. He's got the skills. This dude 
personality you, up the oh ass. yeah i mean you're He's, you're just watching this guy and you're like i want him to win every championship belt mm -hmm. i want him to get all the monies mm -hmm. i want them to give you know if los matadores sells a shirt i want the money to go to apollo cruz yes i don't care whose shirt it is i don't care Do whose merch i don't care who's the main event of the pay-per-view give apollo cruz all the money you make from survivor series to young 23 year old <laughs> apollo cruz God, he's 23? No, he's 28. Oh, okay. They called him 23 on, on the show. No, they did not. They did. Are you sure? Did you just not? Maybe you heard it wrong. I'm fairly certain they called him 23. Oh, someone's backtracking a little bit now. He's only fairly certain now. Well, you, I watched it last week. Because <laughs> there's no way if he's 28, they're calling him 23. They can't, they're not going to lie about the age. Apollo Crew. I'm going to look it up right now, see how old he actually is. He's 28. He is 28. August 25th, 1987. He's younger than me. I could have sworn they called him 23 on the show. Maybe they did. Maybe, they, okay. maybe that's going to be the narrative, that he's 23 years old. He's, he's super young. Or maybe they said he has 23 years in the business. Maybe he started training when he was five. We don't know. Yeah. And I, know. Thought Car I thought Carmelo came off well on this last episode as, you know, just... Someone who at least is enjoying herself. She's enjoying herself. She's, uh, you know. And Bailey be Bailey, yo. Bailey is Bailey. <laughs> Drake Younger is Drake Younger. <laughs> I do. I do enjoy Drake's appearances. I like to. Drake, actually, Drake's really... appearances might be subtly the best part of the show. <laughs> and he works I like himself the, in there. Yeah. And I like the, uh, the Adam Pierce, uh, Sarah Amato, uh, stuff while they were producing the show. I thought that was kind of cool. It, it certainly looks like a fun atmosphere. They're all in it together. It's not like these people are only there for the job and they're all trying to move up. Like the people who are there, are, you know, backstage, the Sarah Mottos, the, the Adam Pierces, they're happy in their roles. Mm -hmm. All the energy flows down. You know, I, th I think the only people who aren't really happy being there right now would be the people who aren't on TV. Like they're, they're seeing all the fun that the people on TV are having at the, and the traveling to the house shows and whatnot. And they want to do that. There's a lot between that and other kinds of art, like bands or even comedy in some ways. When you're doing the small shows with your friends from town to town, you're not making much money and all you kind of got is each other for the most part. And you're all kind of learning your way through it. Not that these guys haven't learned their way through it, but they're learning their way through the WWE system. And there's a camaraderie there. It's a lot more fun than when someone decides they can make money off of you and becomes corporate. And like, I have a couple friends who have been on sitcoms or have gotten into sitcoms with, you know, people that they were partners with and things like that. And then the studios kind of tinker around with your vision and they tell you, you can't do certain things, even though you know what's best for your own voice and stuff like that. And that kind of, then it becomes a job. It's not really a job right now. It's an adventure to steal a line from an old military recruiting commercial, but it's true in this aspect. It, it is more of an adventure than a job. And you see that when someone like Sasha Banks goes up to the main roster, when Becky Lynch goes up to the main roster, mm -hmm. you know, Sasha Banks especially, is she's sad to leave because now she's got to go do adult work. You know, the the time for 24-7 fun and being with her friends is over. She's out of school now. She's going to her she's going to her real life. And she's sad because NXT was at times a party-like atmosphere. You know, her, her friends are still down there. She was down there getting better in pro wrestling. And it was. It was the fun place to be. 
Well, and she was also a big deal down there. She's not a big deal up on the main roster. She's not a big deal yet. Yet. But you certainly see the potential still for her to be a big deal. And I, I wonder if that's why they keep her off TV. Like, they know that, right? WWE knows. We got to keep her off TV so the focus can be on Charlotte and Paige. Because if yeah. we put Sasha on TV, all the focus goes to her. She's stealing all the limelight, and it's not her fault. No, that's exactly it, I think. Which is great, I suppose. Like, if you want to focus on Charlotte and Paige, okay, I'm all for it. Go focus on Charlotte and Paige. They're probably doing the right thing by keeping Sasha off TV. Like, I'm bummed because I like seeing Sasha on TV. But... If she's going to take away focus, you know what? Business-wise, go put Paige and Charlotte on the on the top billing. Hopefully, then hopefully felt- though, hopefully that at some point, once you're done with Paige and Charlotte, Sasha comes in the mix, and then she can be the focal point. And when it is her turn, you don't have a bunch of women's storylines that are you know taking all the attention away. Or if Sasha were to come up and do a title program after Survivor Series with Charlotte. Hopefully you don't bring Nikki Bella back and make her the focal point of the division when she's not the champion. Right. Exactly. You know what I mean? That's what I'm trying to say here. I, I'm uh, all I'm all for because I like it on NXT how you have multiple storylines for the men, you have multiple storylines for the women. As long as in all directions the focus goes on to who you're trying to promote as the top guys, you know the champions in the division. That that's what I hope happens if Sasha ends up being in the championship race and the Bellas come back. Agreed. Speaking of NXT. Oh, you got to my transition. Go ahead. <laughs> no, I, I was doing the transition for you. Thank you. Oh, we made up. This is so cute. <laughs> well, go. Oh, God, we're we're broken up again. <laughs> well, you you made the transition, and I thought you had something to say about NXT. <laughs> I didn't mean for the dead air. Let's, okay, let, let's try again. Speaking what did of you NXT, like? what did okay? I I enjoyed the mechanics title change. Or not the mechanics, Dash and Dawson. That's right. I, I'm still saying it. I'm still saying it because it's everyone's happened. still saying it. And I, I don't care if you still say if you call them the mechanics, fine. Just know they're not the mechanics. You yelled at someone about that. I think you yelled at Alvarez about that. I didn't yell. <laughs> okay. I didn't yell. No, what happened was um not to get into inside, we won't spend time on it too much. Uh-huh. Uh he said that they are the mechanics, and I was just correcting because they're not. Oh, okay. No, I enjoyed that title match for what was the uh you know what that six person mixed mm-hmm. for what it was as a, it was it was a goofy house show match yeah. on NXT and it was a lot more fun than I expected it to be. Yeah. It looked like they were having a especially Bailey and the Hype Bros looked like they were having a blast out there. It was, it was a fun time. And we got school picture day on NXT. Woohoo. Hey guys, look I got a new outfit the bill. Oh no, it's Nia Jax. Although um, Lance Storm seems to think that they played that uh, Eva Marie Naya clip uh, in the wrong order that should have been after the match. <laughs> after her match. They may have. I, I seem to remember certain times where they've played clips out of order. I'm pretty sure they have a couple of times. And, and that'll happen when you're editing you know, four weeks of television and you maybe just misplace something. Or when it was taped, maybe you thought it was going to air in a certain place, but actually doesn't fit there, and they have to fit it somewhere else in the show. And then one little line kind of throws the whole timeline off. They've done it before. They've missed timelines before. Yeah. Watching old Eva Marie and her sultry, devilish ways talk to Nia Jax. Hey, Nia, come here. I have a plan for you. <laughs> and I think that's what's going to happen there but are, I mean, it uh, was an it was an enjoyable uh, it was an enjoyable hour, and also, yeah, 
I don't know, Gable and uh, what what does the Gable Jordan Ascension feud do for you? <laughs> I don't know if it necessarily does anything. I mean, it's just something for Jordan and Gable. I their match with the Ascension, they're going to wrestle the Ascension, the Ascension coming back. I honestly think this is kind of a way to put over Gable and Jordan as credible tag team title contenders because okay. I think that might be the match you see at NXT TakeOver London is Gable and Jordan because if they defeat the most dominant team in NXT history, that's one of the stepping stones that puts you in a title match at TakeOver London. Mm -hmm. So I think that's what they're doing. I think that's the, uh, that's the way it's going to go. I think the VOD villains are out. No title rematch on the TakeOver. I think you see Jordan and Gable. And Dash and Dawson may very well be just... Just champions for, yeah, transition champions for three okay. weeks. And, and I pause on that a little bit just because that's what I thought Blake Murphy or Blake and Murphy were going to be and look yeah. at the run they had. Yeah. But well, I, Blake, Blake and Murphy were further down the card than any of these guys in the title picture right now when they got the belt. So yeah, you thought they, it was a fluke win, but you know, people get their chance around here and you know what? I might be time. It's about, I mean, Bailey's held the title for a few months. It might be time for her to give it up too because that's what they do they give it to you for about four months and they take it away from you except in the case of sasha Banks, she had it for a long time well no sasha banks i guess had it for about that period of time charlotte was the one right. who had it for much more yeah uh, yeah you could do that and bailey you know her picture was much better in the chase of the mm -hmm. championship and getting sasha banks's respect too the yeah. story is lulling and you know it, it, it's just a lack of heat behind bailey holding the championship uh, but if you put someone like Nia Jax, if you put someone like Eva Marie in there and maybe have a run where Bailey tries to get the belt back, uh, maybe transition into Asuka going for the belt. There's a lot of different ways it can go. And I'm excited about almost all of the, all of the possibilities as am I, uh, but yeah, it might be time just to get Bailey out of there. I don't know what she does. If she's not the champion, is she staying in the title picture for a long time? Is she you know on what? the undercard just beating the, the Emmas of the world? No, I think she needs one more strong win on a big show before you get the belt off of her. Like a credible win that makes her look like a champion. Get her away from this hype bros goofiness stuff with the with Alexa and her boys and give her something that makes her look credible again. I think that's how you do it. Yeah, and you still have Tyler Breeze advertised for this UK tour of NXT. Who's he losing to? <laughs> so I, I don't know what they're going to do with Tyler Breeze. Are they going to put him on the pay-per-view or are they going to have him lose to? I don't even know. I mean, who's a single star right now that can lose that doesn't have a match already? Who's going to debut? Who's debuting on this show? Someone de <laughs> That's yeah. the way. Someone debuting. I mean, so if he even goes on the tour, it's next month. He may end up not going on the tour of the UK, but, you know, he's been advertised for a long time. They took him off, you know, other Florida events. They took him off other WWE events. Uh, but. Uh, He's still on for that UK tour. So he may be going to the UK with WWE and NXT. And I guess we'll have to wait and see who the opponents are. This show is going to start at 3 p.m. Eastern time. So, of course, we're going to do the live show after NXT TakeOver, but this is a few weeks out. The question I'll have is whether they go two and a half hours with it again, whether they make it a full three-hour event, if they tape TV on that show in London. You know, there's a full tour they're going to do. I, I imagine they'll tape footage on most every night of something, maybe not necessarily to put on TV, but to put in video packages. But I wonder if they're going to tape maybe one episode of TV uh, there in do, London. I think they're going to do the same thing they did with the Brooklyn show. You have uh, you have the undercard, which eventually became, becomes another TV show or right. two TV shows, and then you have the main card. I'd love to see it. I would love to see two uh, presentations from London and that hot crowd, not just the takeover special, but also maybe TV the next week also. 
Uh, so that would be kind of cool. In that vein, WWE announced that on Royal Rumble weekend, on the Friday before the Royal Rumble, NXT will be taping TV in Orlando mm -hmm. at the, I believe it's the Central Florida, University of Central Florida, I think it is. Uh, University of Central Florida campus, their arena there, but they will be taping NXT TV on the Friday before Royal Rumble. So no takeover in January I and mean, a little quick transition there. Uh, that would be if they had a takeover one month following the other takeover, but they will be taping TV there in January. So something to look forward to. Uh, you're getting a, a lot more of the NXT in a big arena presentations back to back December. We just had Brooklyn. January, probably going to have something going on WrestleMania weekend. So NXT, a lot of it is looking on a, a higher stage, more, pre more uh, appealing presentation. It's an exciting time for NXT. There's going to be a lot going on in 2016. It'd be great if they, could get, uh, if they could get a Tommy and, uh, and Zayn back for it, that as well. Yeah, it seems like a Tommy's still a little bit away. I mean, you hear no talk about him training. I mean, it was just... You know, I don't know if he's cleared necessarily yet. Sami Zayn, yeah. I, in a way, you've had Kevin Owens go away from this roster. Like, if Sami Zayn were to come back, let me ask you this. If Sami Zayn were to come back, do you put him in NXT or do you have him face maybe Kevin Owens or go right up to the main roster? Ooh. Because now, I mean, this question comes about now. I would have thought maybe a month ago that, of course, you put him back in NXT. But I now think, you have Seth Rollins out. You have Randy Orton out. But I, I think they have him slotted the same way they have Neville slotted. So as that, as the guy who can do a lot of physical flippy do stuff, but isn't a main event player. I don't think they have plans for Zayn anywhere above an intercontinental title run. So well, there you go. And that's what I would do at WrestleMania if Sami Zayn came back in February, for example. I put him in a feud with Kevin Owens because the story is there. Their story from NXT, yeah. you can tell that story in WWE Raw. You have a match that has a little bit of heat behind it going into WrestleMania. And you bring him right up to the main roster in that feud with Kevin Owens because you have no Randy Orton. You have no Rock, most likely. You have no Ronda Rousey, most likely. You have no, you know, who knows what Triple H is going to end up doing. The title holder might be Roman Reigns, for all we know, going into WrestleMania. Like, if you want something that at least has a story behind it and to try and fill a card, because now we have to fill a four-hour pay-per-view with a lot of stars gone. So even if you bring up Sami Zayn just to fill a match on the pay-per-view, I can see that being a place for it. Okay. Yep. But that is, uh, WrestleMania is a long time away, so who knows what's going to happen. I mean, there, there could be so many changes going into WrestleMania that anything talked about being done right now isn't really official until you know, basically February when they decide, okay, this is where we're going to go with it. I mean, the Daniel Bryan situation tells you all you need to know about, you know, don't take anything as certain to happen until we're actually in the advertising run up to uh, WrestleMania. Our match this week on our top 100 matches to see before you die is brought to you by WWE.com. We are on match number 56. I believe it is Vader versus Sting from the 1992 Starcade. This match was the final of the King of Cable tournament, Jeff. <laughs> yes. A King of Cable tournament that did not, in fact, end up on TBS. Like this, You're right. This tournament was celebrating 20, was 20 or 25 years? One of those. On TBS television. Mm-hmm. And it took place on pay-per-view. Sting versus Vader. 
What do you got for me on this match and the history of it? Not much, because I didn't do a lot of historical research. I just kind of watched what? the match this time. Yeah. Well, 92 was weird, because 92 is, I mean, this is late 92, if I remember correctly, right? What What was yeah, the... Yeah, uh, it was December of 1992. December 92. So we had already passed the Dangerous Alliance. We had passed, you know, that kind of goodwill. They, they, they were, right now, they're kind of in the middle of that... Uh, Bill Watts era type of thing. And they're, they're trying to forge a relationship with Japan, which is why you have, so you have also on this card, you have Mudo's been brought back and Chono's Masahiro Chono's on this card. And if you saw them in 90, 1992 on a card and you thought it was a good match, you'd be wrong because their match on this card is terrible, but they're trying a lot of different things here. I mean, they're, they're, they're still trying to get a little bit of the cartoony aspect into it with, uh, I think PN news is still with the company. For a short time after this, Steve Austin is about to make a return uh, to team with Brian Pillman for the Hollywood Blondes, but you're in flux here, and you have Sting as your champ, and you have Vader, who's very good. You have Ron Simmons, who's on the ascent here. Uh, Ricky Steamboat is still with the company for the time being. You have Barry Windham here. You still have a good roster of workers, but you really don't have a lot of heat to it because... Oddly enough, the, the absence of Ric Flair, who was in the WWF at the time, is still being felt here, and he would return shortly in 1993, I believe. So it, it's a time of transition. They're really trying to push Sting as, 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 their, as a credible champ here, and this was one way to do it, was to have this King of the Cable tournament and to crown him the winner. Spoiler. Um, this match... I don't know. I didn't take a lot of notes on this match because it seemed just like, <laughs> you know, it's your basic um, David versus Goliath kind of match here where Sting's doing a lot of, you know, drop kicks and, 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 and flying maneuvers, trying to get Vader off his feet, and Vader is just killing him with forearms. That's, that's the story of the match to me is this is Vader. This isn't quite Vader versus Flair, which we're going to get in a few weeks. But it is Vader, WCW Flair, or WCW Vader is infinitely better than WWF Vader by a long shot. If you made a list of the top five guys WWF wasted, Vader is possibly in your top two, I think, in terms of potential. Although Vader is a bit out of shape here. He was never in shape, but he's noticeably breathing here. The other thing that I took away from this was that... Uh, that that dive that that Sting does over the top onto Vader and Harley Race, Harley Race took the brunt of that, and he was not a guy who wanted to take bumps. If you watch the bump at the end, he kind of gingerly falls. He's kind of in the same situation as Gary Hart, and that he's an older guy with some physical problems. But they bring him in for the credibility aspect of it. I believe Race at any one time was cornering Vader, Lex Luger, and Mister Hughes, which is a fascinating combination if you think about it. But overall, the story of this match is just watching Vader pound the shit out of Sting for about 15 minutes. It is. Um, it's match number 55, by the way. 55. Right. We're going ever so close to 50 halfway through. Um, yeah, I mean, Vader there, the big tough guy. Sting, you know, the agile one. Young Sting still. You know, it, it seemed like until Sting became Crow Sting, he was always the young Sting. The young up-and-comer Sting is going to take over the wrestling world. 
Uh, I, I thought the match was pretty enjoyable. Um, I thought it was funny, you know, reading that it was the final of the King of the Cable tournament and it's taking place on pay-per-view. It seems like something, something, you know, a wrestling promoter would do now. Uh, you know, yeah. the King of Atlanta tournament final will be held in Chattanooga, Tennessee. Uh, well, what got me was I read the Observer review of this card. Dave loved the show. Dave, lo he well, loved no, he the match loved, for sure. He loved this match he and he loved the match, match and he loved the match before it, which was the, uh, Wyndham Pillman versus Steamboat and Shane Douglas match. And he gave that yeah. four and a half and he gave this four and a quarter, correct? Uh, four and a half. Oh, okay. So I got I them mixed up. He has this one four and a half and he has the tag match four and a quarter. Yeah. And I think it's a good match. I just, maybe it, it's just at the time we weren't seeing that kind of so new, new Japan, Kenza or the, the uh, just beating the crap out of guys type of matches. Right. The physicality. I mean, compared to what the WWF was doing at the time, this was hardcore wrestling Southern style, look like a fight and just getting your ass beat. Yeah. And, and, and Sting ends up winning this match, you know, winning the King of Cable tournament. He gets kind of a flash win almost as Vader goes up to the top rope and it's kind of like a power slam. You know, onto the mat effectively. Yeah. What 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 happened was it's almost the same story as the Neville Kevin Owens match. Yeah. In that Vader kept going for this splash, and on the splash he'd hook a guy, but he could never hook him for the pin. So he went up for it, like, and on the third time he gets caught by Sting in a power slam. One two three. One two three. Sting gets the win. Uh, Vader just kind of walks away. Uh, but yeah, that was Starcade nineteen ninety two. Uh, Sting versus Vader. Interesting match. Four and a half stars, like I mentioned, Dave uh, put it at. So in a quandary, because you thought it was just virtually any other match, right? Like it was a, it was an okay match. It was good. It was entertaining. It went about 16 minutes. So the question I have for you, Mr. Sting should be a Hall of Famer, <laughs> is Dave Meltzer recommends this at four and a half. I'm sure a lot of Sting fans really love this match. Mm -hmm. In a way, this kind of has to be one of those matches that you put out there on the Sting resume yes. as someone who advocates him for the Hall of Fame. Like, look at the matches he can get out of Vader. Yes, it is. And and his feud with I keep thinking there's a better match with Vader on the network, but I can't think of it right offhand. I wouldn't say the White Castle of Fear match by any means is, but I, I keep thinking there's a better Vader match in there. But maybe maybe this is the one I was thinking of. It it just seemed I, I don't know, maybe it's just the passage of time. It seems like and just having watched so much wrestling over the years. It, it, you know what it felt like? It felt like a Vader Sean, what a Vader Sean Michaels match would be. It's funny because we have two more Vader matches on this countdown. Yeah, we have Vader Flair. We have Vader Flair. We have Vader Cactus Jack from Halloween Ooh. Havoc 1993 later on yeah. in the uh, countdown. Uh, Vader Flair would be coming up pretty soon. We'll probably get to that in December because it's number 51. Uh, but next week, uh, excuse me, two weeks from now, mm -hmm. after Thanksgiving, our first show back after Thanksgiving here in the United States. We will be discussing SummerSlam 2013, and we will have two matches, two matches to discuss. Match number 54, John Cena versus Daniel Bryan for the WWE Championship. That's SummerSlam 2013. 2013 SummerSlam. Okay. We are also going to be discussing Randy Orton versus <laughs> Daniel Bryan from SummerSlam 2013 for the WWE Championship. So two matches, a bonus match on our Top 100 Countdown coming up in two weeks. On uh, on shake them ropes. You you the purveyor of Randy Orton for the Hall of Fame can speak on that one. Yeah, he's virtually the best. I mean, <laughs> I mean here you know John Cena went about twenty minutes with Daniel Bryan, couldn't get the win. Randy Orton gets the win in like a minute because Randy Orton's better. 
It's all real to me. But we're going to talk about that uh, Thursday. Again, we're back with Dave Meltzer talking WWE Survivor Series. Uh, that'll be up late Thursday night on the East Coast. Sunday, we are live, voicesofwrestling.com slash YouTube. We are going to be live. You can go, uh, the page is up already. So bookmark it, like it, share it. Um, let's get the word out there that we'll be live after uh, Survivor Series. And we would love to have your participation. You know, there's the chat room there, you know, Twitter at Shake Them Ropes, at Crap Game 13, Rob at voicesofwrestling.com. So whatever thoughts you have on that pay-per-view and all of a sudden done, send them our way. We will incorporate them on the show. Jeff, do you have anything to say uh, to the people in terms of a goodbye for this show. See you Thursday for Meltzer. You have classic goodbyes. Mm -hmm. Thank you for listening to Shake Them Ropes this week. We will be back Thursday and Sunday. Thursday, our special show with Dave Meltzer of the Wrestling Observer previewing WWE Survivor Series. And Sunday, our post show live on YouTube. Jeff and I will be live after Survivor Series that you can watch and listen to by going to voicesofwrestling.com slash YouTube or the front page of VoicesOfWrestling.com. We ask for your help in supporting the podcast and our live shows by visiting our Amazon affiliate link. If you're doing any shopping on Amazon this season, visit VoicesOfWrestling.com slash Amazon, and you can help support the show with your purchases. There is no extra cost for you. So if you are shopping on Amazon, please consider using our Amazon affiliate link. That's VoicesOfWrestling.com slash Amazon. We will see you back on Thursday. For more Shake Them Ropes, and don't miss our live show on Sunday. We'd love to have you join in. There's a chat room, so you can join in the conversation while the show is ongoing. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com slash YouTube. The show will begin right after Survivor Series on Sunday. We hope to see you there. Here it comes again, lunch. Will it be the same old, same old? Or are you ready to take a vacation from the ordinary with the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub at Firehouse Subs? Freshly sliced smoked turkey breast, craveably sweet mustard sauce, and a hint of Caribbean seasoning. Just $5.55 for a medium. Save time. Order the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub on the Firehouse Subs app. Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs. Save more lives. Participating locations. Limited time only. Plus tax. Prices may vary for delivery. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.